0: Welcome to What in the World Language Podcast. I'm here today with none other than La Maestra Loca, prolific blogger, amazing teacher, presenter, coach, and best of all, an exciting, loving, and passionate new mother. Welcome, Annabelle.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I feel like a rock star. Uh,
0: I feel like a rock star. Thank you for being here. It's amazing. <laughs> so. I'm so, I am
1: so. I have to tell you before we start that I have officially listened to all three of your other interviews. Well, the three that you have posted so far. And it's just I'm so excited that this is the beginning of your podcast journey. It's going to rock
0: well you know how it started right so i bought all this equipment i bought all this equipment for my students because last year I, i um uh attempted to podcast with my heritage language students and i was like it went it went pretty well and so i was like well this year i'm gonna level up and buy some good equipment and some microphones um so i was like wait a minute Why don't I just like take all this stuff to IFLT19 and record some people and get some thoughts and see what happens and uh, basically to practice with the equipment. And then all of a sudden, here I am interviewing you. How fortunate. Yes! It's brilliant. (laughs) It's brilliant. Like everybody was so willing to do those interviews and give me their takeaways at IFLT and it was a beautiful thing. Which leads me into my first question for you. So, sad face, IFLT 19 is over. But we have IFLT 20, right? In California, (laughs) right?
1: I know, SoCal. Yeah.
0: So, basically, I just want you to tell me what you did this year, Um, your role at IFLT, both past and present. You presented of IFLT and what are your key takeaways from this year like some of your experiences so without any further ado let's get started with that first question
1: well um- yeah, it's so funny to be doing this as a podcast because I'm doing this on FaceTime with him. And so I could see his facial expressions in mine. And then I'm like, oh, I'm making a frowny face about IFLT being over, but nobody will notice. Nobody will I'm notice. Because I'm just silent.
0: Sad <laughs> so, face. So yes,
1: womp womp, so sad um, for IFLT to be over. It is always the most exhausting physically and mentally. And inspiring enriching week of the year it is so incredible
0: hashtag Um, facts
1: yeah and so I know that in all your other interviews they said it was humid and hot but for me um no not that bad because (laughs) here I am in New Orleans Louisiana yeah okay so at least I had a nice beach you know um to be at Uh, but um yeah it was wonderful so this year I came back um to IFLT 19 as a presenter Um, and I presented on, um, milking your favorite resources, like really knowing how to, um, get as much input as possible out of a resource. Um, I presented on, uh, Lugru, which is like mafia on steroids. Great language game. It's my favorite activity oh, to do I in a language classroom. I have to learn classroom. that.
0: I, I was doing a lab this year, so I didn't get to go to that, but I, I wanted so to. It's so cool. Would you believe It's that? so cool. Would you believe I've only played Mafia once? Ugh. I know. I'm ridiculous. I'm ridiculous. Your I'm, kid true confession. hate
1: it. I mean, seriously, that's why I wanted to present on it because no matter where I've ever taught, it is hands down 100% of the time. All kids' favorite thing we do: Mafia, Lugaro, Bad Unicorn. Like, absolutely, hands down. Um, and then my last presentation was on um, equitable engagement um, because my school that I'm teaching at um, this year, Collage Academy, and where I was last year um, has a focus on. Um, Challenging the master narrative every day and like making a conscious effort every day to fight systemic racism in our classes and I wanted to present on it not that I'm an expert gosh I'm just like in my beginning stages um, and I have so much to learn and we're never really done learning and growing in that area I don't think but. I think it's such important work to talk about and how do we make sure every student is seen and heard and valued and that we're valuing each and every student's culture in our room. Um, and yeah, it's really tough work and it's really incredible work. And so I told Carol when she asked what I wanted to present, I said, I don't know much at all about this, but I want to share what I've been doing so far because I think all of us should and, and need to need to be doing this. So yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I presented on.
0: That's, that's beautiful, especially that last one. That's a that's a beautiful thing and much needed, as we all know. Um, there's always conversations in public and private about representation and certain voices not being represented. Um, yeah. So it's time to step up and just have these conversations. So that's awesome. But I, I promise you, I'm going to play mafia and... What's the, Do other, it. what's the other thing you said? Luguru. I'm gonna try it.
1: Luguru is um, werewolf in French is what it means, which Ooh. is cool. Yeah. Um, but in previous years I had always done those language labs which you did this year and you were so awesome that the one time I was able to, st- I made a conscious effort to when I wasn't presenting see every single learning lab and I got really lucky when I walked into yours because I mean you were teaching with less and with um Alicia and with Señora Chase so like I could have it was a roll of the dice who I would be lucky enough to see but I walked in and it was in the middle of you um leading the class through uh samples of durian like they were tasting yeah. durian fruit which I don't know if y'all who are listening have ever tried it but when I traveled to Vietnam it's like on the side of the road everywhere being sold and It's one of those things like cilantro. People who hate cilantro say it tastes like soap. People who hate durian say it smells and tastes like garbage. And it, (laughs) like, I mean, like trash, like literal trash. And it does. I'm like, oh, no me gusta. So you were leading all these students through it and making, they were sitting in the front of the class trying all this durian. Oh, it was was hilarious.
0: That was a culmination of like a couple of days um of of uh, teaching and that was that was one of the structures or one of the things we talked about in our stories was the durian fruit and so, so uh, good some candy was brought and we tried it and and it does smell bad um Ugh. and it's like even the candy smells bad yeah. but yeah. when you get over the initial like shock of the smell and put it in your mouth and try to eat it it's it's not, i mean it's not bad and
1: then,
0: and then some of us went to a restaurant i think uh i think it was martina bex and senora chase and some other people went Alicia went to the uh i forgot the hawker's restaurant in saint petersburg mm-hmm. and tried durian uh it was creme brulee creme it? brulee yeah yeah mm-hmm. durian creme. and um and so it had real durian fruit in it and they brought she brought that back and used it in in the lab and it was amazing so i'm just just let me say that um elicia and um senora chase were amazing Mm -hmm. to work with i can't hold a candle to those ladies and i love powerful women uh doing positive things so i was like i was humbled to be in well i think i think that's
1: the power of the learning labs though because um whichever one you that's why I was so adamant that I attend all of them since I've in 2016, 2017, 2018, I was a learning lab teacher, the elementary Spanish learning lab teacher. And this year with my baby. I was like, I really just I don't think I'll be ready. So they asked Jason to come back and do it, who is my hero. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so obsessed.
0: Oh, but many man alive,
1: say, yeah. every single person doing a lab is so different. From the one next door, that it's so important we see how people of different personalities, different, um, different populations they're coming from, student wise, like how they bring their energy and their gifts and their culture to the room. It's fascinating. It's it's wild. So you're all amazing. I'll have that one. Sorry, my mom is making me tea, so that was an organic moment.
0: <laughs> that was an organic. Okay and it's okay. Um so that that is I I get nervous sometimes teaching in front of other teachers and I mentioned this in the other podcast. Um a lot of times I don't have a fear of making a mistake in Spanish. I teach Spanish. Um I don't really I don't care. I'll just just deal with it and as it arises, but we we spoke about that. But I do get nervous when I when I'm teaching with and in front of uh what I consider uh, master teachers such as yourself and um carrie toth and i think darcy pippins came by and just a lot of people were in there and i was just like oh my god they're judging me but i mean i know they're not judging me but you know you just feel that like you're on the stage for a moment and it's hard to release that tension in the actual moment and let it go and remember you're there for the students and what you've practiced for etc etc so it's it's great experience i encourage anyone that's been thinking about doing it to do it for real
1: Yeah, because you applied to do it, and they're looking for people to lead these labs. And what an opportunity, too, to be coached by Leslie Davison. Uh, Are you kidding me? Shout out. Or Paul Kershling. Hello. Like, wow. Hello. Yeah, it's an incredible opportunity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, though, it's like it's a humbling experience. And uh, so, yeah. So is that – that's what you presented on? That's what you did? So this is your, what, like fourth IFLT, if I'm correct?
1: Yes, well I'm um years ago, I don't even know when it was. It was when it was in Breckenridge. I don't God, 2014, 2013. Oh wow, no. I don't know. Um That's a long I time. attended as a student teacher. But my student teaching year I count as a full year of teaching because I was only required to be in classes 2 days a week for the first half of the year and then 3 days a week the rest. I was in class, I was teaching every wow. day. I was adamant. I was like, "I if, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And my my teacher, my mentor teacher, was um, more than happy to let me. In fact, he would like just say, peace out, see ya, like second week, and just left me the lesson plan, which was a sticky note with three words a on it, "Le gusta, tna, and va. I'm like, oh, good. This is my lesson plan. Welcome to the world of teaching with comprehensible input. Um, so I think that, um, I think that I'm going to mention real quick, what you just said about master teacher, Mark mentioned it when you interviewed him too. not a single one of us who are so-called master teachers or teachers who have been doing this and like make it look so easy. It's not easy. No part of it is easy. And we are all our brains are all doing what your brains are doing, where you're working a hundred miles an hour, trying to figure out where you're going to do, what are you going to do next? And how are you going to shelter this language next? And the reality is that I've worked for years to hone my skills and to work on this craft of making it feel like you're sitting in the living room, like Mark likes to say, Um, just having a conversation. It's not easy and it takes a lot of work, but it's so worth it when you just keep at it and keep at it like the beginning it's definitely more downs than up that's but that's true eventually it becomes more ups than downs
0: absolutely and that was an important point it's a thing that just manifests itself in the conversations is that you know teachers come to these labs and they see you guys master teachers air quote um but it takes it takes a while and uh, i just interviewed uh, Carrie Toth and, and she said the exact same thing so you have to we scaffold for our students why can't we scaffold for ourselves and when it when it comes to getting to that level you know what I mean yes. So it, it's okay to go to these labs like I mentioned I'll, I'll say this I think I've said it in probably every podcast but you know I love Mark because he's a master at, at PQA and when I saw him the first time in Denver I was just like I can't do that I mean, I, you know, I have the charisma and I can move around and connect with my students. I have that ability, but dang, what the vocab and the things he pulled out in just a short amount of time. So I had a fear, but then I realized later on at the conference, like, that's okay. You can scaffold. You can write out the questions. You can write out your story. It's okay. Mark didn't just fall into that, right? So that was an important point. Um, which, you know, leads to my next question, um, to where you, I, I consider you a master teacher, but tell us about your journey as a language teacher. Um, where did it begin for La Loca? You, awesome. you are this person, this thing now, this beautiful educator. Um, tell us briefly about where it all started.
1: Um, I think that, uh, my journey is pretty unique. Um, because I, I start way back in, um, sixth grade when I started taking Spanish. Um, I have always been a people person. I really, really care about people liking me way too much. I'm super sensitive. Um, and, uh, it started with really caring about what my teachers thought of me. And so of course I was a straight A student. Um, but then I started taking Spanish in sixth grade And all of a sudden I wasn't getting straight A's and, um, I was really struggling and I had great teachers too, really killer, awesome teachers who made me feel part of a community They cared about me. I knew this. Um, I never had a bad Spanish teacher and then I went into high school. So I had it all through middle school. Then I went into high school. Same thing. Like, I had multiple tutors. Went into college. Um, when I was 15, I started college. I, I'm a high school dropout. It's now not a secret anymore. I've said it on a podcast. Boom.
0: Did not know that.
1: <laughs> Surprise. Look um, at you now. I know. Look at me now. Um, but uh, started taking college courses. Same thing. Like, multiple tutors. Worked my ass off. Man, I just couldn't. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get these verb charts. I couldn't keep anything straight. I was passing with C's, but that was with lots of help. And I moved to Spain when I was 17 and couldn't string a word together, a sentence together. Yeah, a word is more accurate. I literally couldn't say anything.
0: (laughs) Couldn't string a word together.
1: (laughs) I could not speak. And I was humiliated and embarrassed, especially because... I went there and my house mom knew I was coming to her with eight years of Spanish. Oh, so my She's goodness. like, hola, mi hijita, como esta? Yo soy Ana, como te llamas? And I was like, uh, 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 uh. And then I did yo. the classic, yo, yo, embarazada. 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 Thinking, I'm saying, oh, I'm so embarrassed, and no, you're definitely saying you're pregnant right now.
0: And, thought is for those that don't speak Spanish, it's it sounds like a cognate for embarrassed, right? But it's it just means you're pregnant, right? It's so con- it's a very common here. I mistake.
1: am. It is, and it's. I I'm thinking, I'm saying embarrassed, and I'm telling this lady I'm pregnant. To which she responds, "Why did you move to Spain? You're 17 years old. What are you going to do? Why are do? you here? Why are you here? Just awful. So that's the first um, thing I really acquired while I was there. Was she um, gestured to her face and like um, showed the color red and explained to me like "tiene vergüenza." That's the word I want. I want to use like "tengo vergüenza." I'm embarrassed. So that was the first thing I really acquired in Spain. And then from there, I only lived there five months. Came back and tested an advanced low, um, and from there I. Decided, you know, I want to change this so that nobody has to go through what I did of years in a language classroom and nothing to show for it. So here I am, the start of my journey as a teacher, thinking, I'm going to change language teaching. I'm going to be the first person to find something different. And I went so bold into Denver Public Schools about ready to tell my mentor teacher, no, I'm not teaching from a textbook. Well, I didn't know Denver Public Schools uh, had its leader, Diana Noonan, and oh Paul Kirschling, who had <laughs> in the last 40 years transformed the freaking district into a CI district. Amazing. I had no idea I was walking into something that was already done. I didn't have to change teaching. But at done. least
0: you went in with that attitude. So yes. that's, that's positive. Yes. Like you was like, I'm going to change the world with this new way of learning. Oh, oh wait a minute. It's already I done. Exist. Oh I don't have God. to invent anything. Rainbows. <laughs> right? That's a yeah. And that's the connection you have with uh, with Mark Mulaney, right? Mark, he, yeah.
1: I literally, you know how you said he used you in your class in his class. I, you guys didn't really say what it was. We but,
0: didn't say what it was. Do you want to say what it
1: was? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he did. But I don't I'll care. Tell you, not- he he. I know how he is because. When I lived in the back of his classroom as frequently as possible, before I was had my own teaching position, anytime I was there, he made me the fart of all the stories, literally.
0: He, he made you the fart.
1: <laughs> he made me. I'm not kidding you. He made me stand behind the kids That's that say pedo, that farted, and all the kids in the class would have to make the fart sound, and I'd have to like run out from behind the kid's butt as the fart. Like what?
0: Oh, Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's we can just end this uh, podcast. here. That's, how do you, how do you top of that? I don't think there's anywhere you can go. That's yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that's Mark, right? He'll bring you in. He did say in the podcast, if you're in my classroom, you're going to be part of the story. Hashtag so, real life. Warning, future warning to those future uh, attendees of Mark's lab at IFLT twenty. Um, yeah. you may be part become part of his story.
1: You may become a fart. <laughs> you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he just. Call, I'll tell you. I'll, okay. I'll spill tell me. Yeah. He he just. It's really nothing. It was funny. Kind of funny, not funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was like. Uh, he used me as the the token hipster. He was, yeah. um, <laughs> And I'm like, nah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna admit, okay. maybe I look like a hipster, maybe I dress like a hipster, but I really don't I Y'all,
1: don't I hope there's a picture of, of him on his podcast because that is so classic. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's anyway,
0: great. So or so you got in Denver Public Schools and then the rest is history because you were Brian Noonan and Paul and yeah. Mark and And
1: and she she's one of those people like she straight up said from the beginning. She said, "This is the way that I, we teach in this district, and if you do this, you will have my whole support. Um, I will mentor you. I will buy you glasses of wine so we can talk over oh, wow. all of your woes and what were what went well and what you struggled with. And um, I know you can do this." And she literally, I I struggled. You know, we struggle, but man, she's a huge support.
0: If our district leader happens to be listening to this, did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Diane Noonan bought them wine. I don't
1: know if she did that for everybody. I'm one of her special. Right, right. Our district.
0: Yeah, (laughs) true. Our district leader is amazing. She's moving toward uh, our district or proficiency um, awesome instruction. So she, I stand behind her 100%.
1: It makes such a difference when you have a leader who is um, so invested in, in its teachers. And she is, I call her mama bear. So many of us do like Linda Lee call her, calls her mama Megua, like American mama. She's just, um, she really, and, and I've never met anybody in my life who cares more about language acquisition for all kids everywhere than Diana Noonan.
0: Yes, I can, I can second that based on the people I've spoken with. And I met her I met her a couple of years ago, but we didn't have a conversation, but I, this year, for some reason, we just, we just had several conversations and it was interesting. And she's very open, um, warm, inviting, yes. caring. I can see that. I could see how working for her would be a, would be an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Well, well that sounds like a fantastic journey, Annabelle. That's, and you know, I was mentioning this to Carrie Toth that it seems there's this common thread amongst teachers who who don't really have the formal training, uh, degrees in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's bad because I have a degree in Spanish, right? I studied formally, um, but I'm also married to a Spaniard from Andalusia. Uh, yes. My Silviana. Um, so I have that immersion, but I think the... The thread is that most people that gravitate towards CI um, come from the background, such as yourself and Mark, um, of living the language, immersing immersing yourself in the language, and I just find it interesting because um, you know on social media and and uh, and on blogs, some people rail against it because it's. They're like, Throw out. they're throwing out all the grammar, et cetera, et cetera. And, and a lot of times those teachers are, are reluctant because they tend to be formally trained in the language. And not that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I was formally trained in the language. So I love me some grammar, girl. Uh, but, yeah. you know, we know that's not, that's not acquisition. So, but, yeah, I found it fascinating. You, Mark, others. Carrie, share the same story. And you guys are all amazing and beautiful.
1: Well, I think, too, there's nothing wrong with loving grammar. Um, I think that it's one thing that makes it really challenging for people who <laughs> – here's the thing. Most language teachers were really successful in their Spanish classes or French classes or German classes in a legacy class. They were successful. They acquired that way. and. Yeah. There's a reason we call those four percenters, um, because y'all y'all are a special breed, I tell you what. <laughs> and most of you go on to become language teachers, and and so it's harder for y'all to wrap your brain around. Like most people can't acquire that way. Um, the vast majority, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I, there's nothing wrong with pop up grammar, where you just quick like I oh absolutely I, absolutely. I, I tell the kids that. I'm the future 50 Cent, which I now, they don't know who 50 Cent is, so I have to find a new rapper, but um, I refuse to name some of the new rappers, because I don't think they're nearly as good as the old stuff, but I, I, anytime I, I feel like it, I throw it, you want to hear my rap? You want to hear it?
0: Do you have a rap? Yeah. Do you yeah. need a beat? Mm. 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 Mm.
1: Yo yo yo! When the verb ends in o, mm-hmm. subjects yo. Mm-hmm. What's yo mean? And the kids yell, "Aye aye
0: aye!" Right?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I wish people could see my face right now.
0: That was so I cool. Love it. Did we just? Did we just do that?
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And you know what they say, Maestro? Please don't ever rap again. I'm like, that's hurtful.
0: <laughs> and then you're like, Guess what? I'm gonna do again.
1: Yo yo yo. And and that is pop-up grammar. That's me just saying verb ends in o, subject is yo, which does yo mean? and they yay yeah, i i i like that's, that's catchy. super super simple. It is not writing out grammar explaining a grammar concept. It's just drawing their attention to it a little bit. That's pop-up
0: grammar. Well, even though I studied yes. you you said you guys earlier. I studied, I have a degree in Spanish, but I feel like I acquired Spanish by being in Spain with my wife, living with my yes. wife, right? I had a foundation of how the language functions, but I didn't really, I mean, I had more hesita- hesitancy to speak uh, before I met my wife. And, yes. You know, so now I feel like, you know, I acquired language by living it, speaking it, being immersed mm. in it, you know, having my wife say, nope mm mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah those those are the those are the things like you know you start with a good foundation and, and i'm like you i love pop-up grammar I, you know just to get that because i have students that love it and it's about gauging yeah. you know gauging your class and you know addressing something when it comes up that's um, it
1: knowing your just, kids
0: exactly just touch on it go bam um so like explicit grammar instruction i don't do it all until like with my heritage one and two students I kind of do it a little more right but we read a lot literacy is a big part of that and shout out to Adrian Brandenburg because she's uh she inspires me to work with my heritage kids um, with awesome. literacy so well that sounds like a good journey I just have one more question for you Annabelle Tell me. do you have do you have any advice to those aspiring to move that are moving toward a CI or proficiency-based classroom, you know, in general.
1: I I hinted at this earlier or kind of um, spoke about it, but I can't say it enough. Um, it's so important to just try. Um, when you go to conferences like IFLT um, or workshops with me, you're – I did a workshop this morning and I, it was called the CI umbrella. And I literally threw 25 different strategies at these people in four hours because that was the purpose was just to show them that it's not just TPRS. So when you're hit with that many things, the purpose is not for you to like try them all right now and be really awesome at them and practice them all right now. No, it's more important that you pick one that you feel like, Hmm, I think I could try that. That's my personality. I think my kids would jive with that. Pick something that you feel comfortable with, that you think your kids are going to jive with, and then you just got to do it. And then you got to understand and have a lot of grace and forgiveness for yourself because the reality is in the first few years of learning this strategy of using comprehensible input to, um, to reach proficiency for our kids – there are way more crash and burn days than really positive, oh my gosh, what just happened? Days. It's
0: a harsh reality, but it's Yeah. Truth.
1: But but the thing is, those days that are like, whoa, that was awesome. What just happened? Those days are so mind-blowing incredible. And the production even coming from your students on those days. Is production unlike anything you ever heard in your legacy classrooms before? It is so worth every day of struggle. That's the
0: fuel that, that keeps you going. Yes. Like You're like on empty. You're like, oh, I can't stand two days of back-to-back or a week of crappy lessons. And then you have that class or two and you're like, okay, I got
1: this. Got this. And then what happens is those crash and burns days become less and less. Um, as you hone your craft and you figure out what you're doing and something I am not good at but I am learning um, that's so important and I I always Mark is the first person I think of What is he says this all the time and he said it in his interview with you it's better to give 80% and have 20% of you left over to like do you and totally unplug than giving 100% for only three years um, because of burnout, so right. that's something that I'm learning to. Especially, um, I've always been good about unplugging when Isla, my stepdaughter's around, and now I have Memphis, my five-month-old, and it's so important that I disconnect for my family. You yes, know, that is um, yeah. So like balance. Don't don't spend all night scripting your lessons. Script them, but do it when you're at school. Find Find ways to work when you're at work and be present at home, fully A present solid, when you're home.
0: Solid advice, you know. Annabelle, that's not my problem. Is over planning my lessons. You know. You know what my problem is? What is doing too much? Yeah. Like outside of my classroom. That w- yes. If that's school related, you know, be it mm-hmm. this podcast, be it my garden, be it um, working uh, creating an adult academy at my school, it's like okay. Slow down, because right. it takes away from my my classroom. Sometimes, sometimes my lessons suffer because I'm right, and I'm and that's it's such school. a
1: tough balance because what you what you're doing. I don't know if y'all know this about him, but he's so talk about equitable engagement. He makes sure that every child feels so loved, cared for, valued, and to do that, he builds community within this community and starts an adult academy. He starts a garden for his students to teach them about how to, how to grow things and how to, what you do with the stuff you like, there's these grown vegetables with them that they have never even heard of. And so it's all these extra things he's doing to really love his students and show them like, I am a person who is your advocate and I care. I care deeply. Um, so that's the tough thing is is when you're doing those extra things that are so important, it's still important to find times where it is you and your wife. You know, absolutely. Uh, it's tough. It's tough balance. We're both
0: we're both educators. So my wife's yeah. a professor. So we. Wait, you mean matter of fact, I don't, I wasn't going to say this, but I think if I put it out there, it might happen, because right now it's a I think a fantastic idea. Um, the wife and I were talking about doing our own podcast yes. called called the two married educators oh. and it'll be it'll be comedy based about yes. the, about the struggles of two educators being married lesson planning eating cooking who's bringing dinner walking the dog schedules that sort of thing
1: well, guess what? It's just you an idea, it, though. You've put it out there.
0: I'm going to put it out the there. And the
1: universe is listening, and put now it, so is everybody else. But it we may we might or just may not you do that.
0: Just so you know <laughs> to our listeners, it may or may not happen. Because you know, once the school year starts, it, for you, it's already started. I don't go back until August 28th, I think. So Still lucky. Yeah, kind of <laughs> lucky. But right. once school fires back up, you all know. We're in it. Great ideas get pushed to the back very quickly. So I want to make it happen. I think it's a good idea. But anyway, more to your point. Yes, breathe. Take time for yourselves. That is excellent advice, Annabelle. And I want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me today.
1: Thank you for having me. You're
0: so awesome. You're awesome. And you're listening to what in the World language podcast
1: and we're dancing